Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 18th of April 2011. For newcomers, I always suggest you look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and bookmark the other sites listed there. These are the official sites I have up and you'll find hundreds of audios to choose from where I try and give you shortcuts to understanding this incredibly complex superstructure of systems which operate above you and around you right down to your local level, in fact, and how they're all connected and how your reality is shaped for you. You're taught how to behave in each era. You're given the culture for each era. And you're you're actually dumbed down as well, according to what used to be given out as education as compared to today. So literally, we're really at the bottom level of the pyramid. We're, we're the, the grass growing around the pyramid there, that sparse grass there, not very well fed either. But uh, that's what you really see when you look at the dollar bill, for instance, all the weeds down below. That literally is what they meant by the wilderness, the public, the general public, those in the dark. So hopefully I'll give you shortcuts to understanding how this system works and show you the big organizations uh, that are all tied together, that shape the future, plan the future, and they do everything to ensure that nothing can go wrong with their planned future. All the sites listed, too, have... Uh, transcripts as well in English of a lot of the talks I have given over the years. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find a selection there too. Remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on uh, guest advertisers. So it's up to you to keep me going and just help me get through uh, the day after day after day with uh, contributions and so on. You can buy discs and the books I've got up listed on this comm site. Uh, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase, remember, with a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office, or you can send cash or use PayPal. You'll see the donation button for PayPal, follow it up with a, an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get whatever it is out to you that you order. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal, really. That's what you're, you're stuck with now. And... Um, I see my idea with PayPal. Now, straight contributions to member donations are certainly, certainly welcome because it's a lot of cash to try and keep this all going here. And it's not something I'd wish on anybody. I don't have the staff. Um, I don't have uh, the organizations around me to help me out that others do. And I try and take this big system from a different point of view. I don't pretend to get anything back like any previous time that we've had in the past. I don't believe we can get that back to any extent. I believe we must go off on different tangents to try and beat or break this system. But it also starts with the individual and breaking your own dependency upon the system because that's what it's all about, is to take all ability for independence away from you. And it's now called interdependence. Everyone must be interdependent. That means completely dependent for food, water, clothing, shelter, heat, and so on, all from 
the big governmental sources. And we're going into world governments. And believe you me, it is a merger between the Soviet system, uh, the Marxist system, Trotskyist system with perpetual wars. That's what it's all about in the Middle East, too. And grabbing all the world's resources for CEOs and corporations to run this world in a feudalistic fashion as one of their historians at the Council of Foreign Relations, Carl Quigley, said himself in the Anglo-American establishment. So that's what you're in today. This is what they call public-private, because, you see, the big building projects require incredible amounts of money, and the big bankers aren't willing to put it out themselves. They use your tax money to do it. Then they call it public-private when they give off these made items like roads and so off as gifts to them. Then you pay for the upkeep as well. They take the profit back with more after this. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. I'm just talking about this big system that uh, has been going on forever, really, uh, as they build a new world order from existing empires. The whole idea was to go down through time, basically, as bankers and loan out to countries and eventually take those countries over through debt, create empires, fund standing armies, make sure you get your return on the funding, of course, and war is awfully good for empire building and for bankers. And eventually, once you've settled on your final plan and you've standardized the world into the same so-called democratic system. That means a system where government becomes totalitarian. Uh, It runs through a central banking system which borrows money from private banks or lenders. Uh, Then that's what that's you've made it, you see. That's what they want. And right now they're finishing off the last countries that don't have the... They don't don't borrow from um, outsiders. They don't borrow from private banks. And... In fact, Libya, even from the 70s, was debt-free. That's the only country they could possibly say that at the time. Anyway, we're watching them being standardized into this uh, wonderful banker's utopia and an academic uh, utopia as well, because academia is part of the military-industrial complex now with all the incredible grants they get for science and weaponry and so on. It's put through uh, different professors and universities who uses, they use the grants to please their bosses and find what their bosses really want. But still people think of getting something back. Like let's go back to a previous time. And I've often said to them, what previous time do you want to go back to, apart from hundreds of years ago, when maybe you had some kind of chance, when, when for instance, the U.S. or Canada were, was pretty well unexplored, and there was no government officials chasing you and so on for cash or whatever. Uh, that's about the only little breathing space there was. And once they bring in this odd thing called civilization and progress, uh, you're all under the rulership of panels and boards and committees and then governments. So you can't really go back. And even in the U.S., they keep talking about getting back, getting America back. But back to what time with the corruption of FDR when he changed the system and got congratulated by the communists for, for bringing a very similar system in that they were that massive work gangs doing roads forests and so on all wearing army uniforms that was their make work projects and they were doing the same thing in the Soviet Union at the same time so what part do you want to go back to when the banks didn't get 
uh, a stranglehold on the nations. You'd have to go back to the founding, really, at least with the American Revolution, and you'd have to plug every single hole that was left there for the bankers to come in. Every single one would have to be utterly plugged with, with no amendments on them, basically, at all. And um, the Bill of Rights really should be uh, at the top of everything with listing all the rights of the, the citizenry. That's the only thing you could have done because they've all been ignored now. The Council on Foreign Relations published years ago they'd have to do an end run around the Constitution. In other words, keep building new laws, bridging over the Constitution until that becomes normal. And that's what they have done over the years. So you can't go back to a corrupt time. It was just as corrupt in previous times. It's just that from maybe World War II, then to World War II onwards, for 20 years they left more cash in the ordinary working people's pockets. That's really the, the, the break that they had. After that, it was time to move the factories and so on out of uh, the country to China. And through the 80s and the 90s, they did that with the World Trade Organization that all the leaders signed on to because your leaders have never served the general public. They belong to a global society, a global club. That's why they're picked and presented in front of you to vote for. Carl Quigley again went through that scenario in Tragedy and Hope. And you've got to read the Anglo-American establishment as well to understand it all. Now, many people too try to get people indignant. I've tried that myself in the past. It doesn't really work because when people are fairly happy and lazy, and they've never had so much entertainment, regardless of their income, uh, cheap entertainment, they, they generally will go along with whatever's happening, as long as they've enough there to go to the, the, the bars and pick up somebody at the weekends, that type of stuff. They're, they're quite content. And this has all been thought out at think tanks, too. They keep the pulse on, of the people constantly. They're always taking the pulse to see how they're accepting things, and they know exactly how far to push it. I remember reading years ago that uh, when the Frankfurt School set up as an arm of communism, a specialized branch, uh, that um, Lenin and, and then Stalin had said that in the West, the people were simply not poor enough, not disgruntled enough for a revolution. And so they, they hoped to, they, they used the Great Depression to a great extent, hoping the people would rise up. And then, and then actually they'd jump in at the end and install a communist government. So that's what they always do. You have a little coup at the end and they jump over all the guys that have been doing the fighting and, and grab the government. And that's still, by the way, something that certain um, Marxists are hoping for today. They'd even put news out there to even patriots, uh, people and so on. But uh, at the moment, of course, you, you don't have that. You don't have the extreme poverty. You don't have elements of starvation creeping in, as evident as it's been in the past, uh, times of, of depression. And, of course, that's why they're rampaging ahead with every single part of this brave new world, uh, Orwellian world uh, of a globalism and post, a post-democratic system. They keep using democracy, but democracy now means post-democratic. Democracy means rule by experts today. That's what it means. And the biggest groups are listened to if you don't belong to a massive group that's authorized and politically correct, like a massive NGO funded by a foundation, then you have no voice at all. 
And that was even predicted over a hundred years ago in Britain with those who were writing about what really was democracy at that time and where would it go in the future. So there's nothing new in any of this when you've studied your history. So indignation doesn't even get the people up when they're too comfortable too. In fact, it upsets them because they have been um, taught generation by generation uh, through liberalism. As Yuri Bezmenov said, the next KGB guy says, they've been contaminated. And by that he, he meant that they, they didn't know what was right or wrong anymore. In fact, anything was okay. That's what we, everyone's been taught in school. And it's been taught again through philosophy and through uh, even even the junior schools as well. But it's still basically a philosophy um, of moral relativism. Uh, there's, there's techniques in how to... There's even toolkits that the teachers can buy, even for junior school, and how to teach it and get it across. Where you start off with a premise, and children see things in very black and white, something's really wrong or it's really bad, and then you get them to question their premise. Well, in this situation, what would you do then? And then you, you, you just simply break it up until, yeah, they start to question their judgment on everything. That's exactly what government has done with generations. And a country that's morally bankrupt cannot stand either, and Yuri Bezmenov also knew that as well. It was all brought down deliberately because people who are narcissistic and hedonistic uh, do not help others and they don't care what's happening to others either. Bertrand Russell exposed that back in the 30s and 40s. He said that's a system we shall bring in for the public because they won't stand together. That's already happened. So as I say, when they're hedonistic and narcissistic, and they've got lots and lots of entertainment and lots of things to amuse themselves with, an endless internet of nonsense to, 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 to surf over forever and ever, uh, then they will not stand up and do anything about what's coming down the pike, even though it's in front of their faces. In fact, uh, they have been taught to, to oppose any negativism. Anything that's true, anything that matters that might affect them negatively down the road, uh, they actually call negative in a different sense. It's bad news. It's called negative to them. Don't tell me that stuff. I don't want to hear it. That's what they say to you. So all I can really do on broadcasts like this is really give out information and knowledge and try to keep in focus because the Internet, too, is designed to have you, your thoughts scattered in a billion directions, data overload, an overload really which most of it which has nothing to do or it's simply the fallout of the progression, as they call it, of the system. It's just the fallout, the, the scattering of, of the, the fallout that, that you're taking up in bits and bytes. So you've got to stay on, on, on course and realize what's happening. And everyone knows across the world now, I think, uh, that unless people get rid of these uh, independent, uh, central, private bankers who are, form the central banks of each country... Um, and literally lend to the nation when it should be the other way around, when countries should be printing up their own money debt-free. It's been done before, and it worked fine. Canada was a great example of that before the, the boys were sent in to destroy it. So unless that was done, you don't have a snowflake's chance in hell of changing anything. Everybody is corruptible, and the big boys know that too. Uh, they, they hire guys all the time to get on board to rule over the sheep, and that's what we're seeing today. Now, here's an example of trying to get folk indignant, and this article is spot on with what it says. 
It says, corrupted five shocking examples of government corruption that will blow your mind. Well, nothing really blows their mind anymore because five seconds later, they're watching something else on the Internet. So at times it really is breathtaking how corrupted the U.S. government has become. But when you scroll down, he talks about the Federal Reserve and so on. He says, but shouldn't we all get hopping mad when we learn that the Federal Reserve sent billions of dollars in the bailout money to addresses in the Cayman Islands? Shouldn't we all be furious when one of the leading candidates for the 2012 Republican presidential nomination, Mitt Romney, declares that he's not going to spend much my time, he says, focusing on the Federal Reserve? None of them will do that because they've all been bought off and put in there by the Federal Reserve. Shouldn't we all be alarmed when Nancy Pelosi gives a speech in which she says that elections shouldn't matter? Shouldn't we all demand that someone be held accountable when we find out that the CBO analysis shows that $38.5 billion in spending cuts will only reduce the budget deficit for this year by $352 million? On top of everything else, shouldn't we all be absolutely horrified when the TSA gropes little six-year-old girls and virtually none of her politicians demand change? Well, what does all that tell you about your politicians? They don't represent the people. Who do they represent? They represent the same big banks which they bailed out with your cash. That's what democracy is all about. So, remember, I'll put these links up of the article, topics I bring up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the night. But as I say, appealing to emotion doesn't really work. It's fine in, in the old church tent uh, uh, circuses they used to have, but today it really doesn't work. It can get you hopping mad, sure, and it can get you angry, and it can get you disgruntled or even depressed, but it doesn't last terribly long because you have to have the information behind it so as you can relay really information to other people in a coherent, cogent way that doesn't talk about the aliens doing it all. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I've said for years that it's the US, the big military machine, tax-paying machine uh, for the United Nations and for the world that's been used to bring in this new world order. That's why they call it partly the new world order from the new world, but it's not really based in the new world at all. However, I've said for years when they were finishing off the agenda and standardizing the world for the big boys who own America, basically, then... Um, They'd be pulling away the rug from under their feet back home at the same time. And that's what's been happening since they brought on the bank crash on cue. Because, as I say, the stock market's just a big bubble anyway. Lots of bubbles and con games built on uh, really speculation and uh, lots of optimism and shyserism as well. And uh, they could have kept it gone from there 20, 30 years if they did wish to. They could, have, that's, they could have collapsed it in the past if they wanted to before it happened. It's all done according to plan because the whole world was to go into Bretton Woods Part 2, as I've mentioned before, because Part 1 was done in 45 and Part 2 was to come out about now. And that's why, of course, we have Soros and others attending that big, massive meeting. Uh, 
demanding a new Bretton Woods to again reorganize the world's money situation. Because the idea was to create the World Bank to dole it out to the world, give drawing rights to the world, and then the IMF would come in as the heavy uh, and do each country's bookkeeping for them and take their massive share and also have a, a big say in how you run your country, which meant massive austerity, as they call it, meaning poverty, as they loot everything of value from that country. And because it's all, they're all standing up for private banks. We remember that the IMF really and the World Bank are, are just a, the same collective private banks that lend out to nations that run and, and lend to your, your central banking systems. So this is really the system that we live in today. And some countries are really pushing it in, it, for, for rioting or revolution, such as Greece. Uh, they've come out with anarchy again. And uh, one article here is, is from the Independent. It says, explosions boom the town's loudspeakers blare. Attention, we're under attack. Air raid sirens wail through the streets with a frantic clanging of church bells. Clouds of tear gas waft between houses as helmeted riot police move in to push back the rebels in the war zone. But a small town just outside of Athens, that's where it is. This isn't the Middle East. And what they're telling you here is that they just simply had enough as they get to all this con game of austerity pushed upon them. And uh, this is one main town, 15,000 people, uh, that just got up and had enough and started attacking all the, the government um, buildings and so on. So... This eventually, of course, was, was all anticipated a long time ago before I was born. The stage would come, of course, across the world when they brought this Bretton Woods Part 2 in, planned society, uh, communitarianism, of course, we all get collected into your communities and you'll all have to be awfully austere or poor, as they say, uh, based on the Marxist model because, you see, they, they don't believe uh, in anyone with idle hands in Marxism. You're either part of their system or you're a non-entity. And that's the system we're coming into today. The Council of Foreign Relations have said for many, many, many years they'll bring in a world of service. This is what all this service uh, and volunteerism is about, service, and your only purpose will be to serve the world state. This is what it's all about. It's all teaching you. So don't, don't think it's just the banks. The banks are only one arm of the boys that rule the world, and that's just one arm to get you all under the gun, so to speak. I'm also going to talk about what's happening in Britain because they're really pushing ahead with communitarianism and they're still flooding the country that's sinking, I think, with immigrants as they have been for many years now. And um, they're way ahead with communitarian projects and the government is initially supervising them as they set them up and you're stuck in your little community, you have to attend your little community meetings and, of course, your little commissars are already pre-picked and trained for you by uh, people and organizations funded by big foundations. And um, here's an article here about what's happening as they push austerity in Britain. It says, thanks in large part to the rise of the price of commodities, especially meat. There's a massive increase in cattle being stolen from British farms and either sold abroad or slaughtered in illegal slaughterhouses. as a sheep too. It says... Um, uh, it says, unsurprisingly, the bone idol United K- UK police do not uh, take the problem seriously. They prefer to find old ladies who drop tissues accidentally, and that's, that is also true. But I'll put this up, this link up tonight uh, from a, tele- a TV interview, 
uh, some farmers with who've lost a lot of sheep and um, cattle and so on. And that will come elsewhere across the globe as the prices go out of sight. And they're meant to go out of sight, by the way, especially that meat. They want you off protein so that you can, you can get fed nothing but Monsanto's lovely GM poisonous green stuff. It looks green, so it must be good, right? Isn't that, isn't that how it works? Now, mentioned getting back to what I said earlier about a country that is, has no culture, it's, demoral, it's, it's really debased, which was all part of the communist system to debase society step by step until you had massive promiscuity, but no children. They would teach you to, to not want children. Well, that's happened. Very successful. And Besmanov himself, the KGB guy in the 70s, said the same thing. That they were so amazed how so well it had taken off, the free love and the drugs and all the rest of it. Well, now, for 14-year-olds in school in Britain, they're being given talks on euthanasia. Isn't that nice? The death culture. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the Matrix. If you read Brave New World or saw any of the movies made, on Brave New World, you will see the stage where the young children are taught to go around uh, the, the, the death shops, basically, where the elderly simply are helped to die off, as the natural way should be. You help them to die off, and it should be a joyous occasion and all the rest of it. But it's also, again, part of moral relativity as well. You uh, understand that the elite want those who are nearing retirement age to simply die off, and then they won't have to give you your pensions I mean, as cold-blooded and simple and practical as that. There's nothing complicated about it. So they could actually train you to do anything, including wanting to die off. Well, I guess it's normal. Get one generation to do it. I guess it's normal. I'm 55 now. I should just kick the bucket now and give you a nice little movie like Silent Green to watch of Green Fields as they inject you with a lethal injection. Anyway... This article is mainstream too. People are being taught about euthanasia with a video featuring a notorious assisted suicide campaigner nicknamed Dr. Death. Now these guys are allowed to be out here. It's, it's, it's predictive programming. And they want you chatting about it too. Because you'll find somebody in your community, well I agree with that, you know. Yeah. Dr. Philip Nitschke is shown demonstrating his machine that delivers lethal injections in the film, which is already being shown to pupils as young as 14 years of age, of old uh, age across the country. There's also footage of him giving workshops on assisted suicide methods, which church leaders have criticized as an invitation to commit suicide. It says, um, and I show you a scene from the video as well. Since the decision to include Dr. Nitschke in the video was condemned by campaigners for both and against assisted dying, and a psychologist warned that it could encourage vulnerable teenagers to end their lives. Well, why are they showing it? Hmm? The video is being shown as the BBC stands accused of being a cheerleader for assisted suicide after filming a man killing himself at the Dignitas Clinic in Switzerland. 
It says, writer Sir Terry Pratchett, an outspoken advocate of euthanasia, presents a documentary which is due to be broadcast on BBC Two this summer. And, of course, that's a British broadcasting corporation that uh, is funded and works for the British government, or at least those who own the British government. Dr. Nitschke was held up for nine hours by immigration officials at Heathrow when he arrived to give his first UK suicide workshops in Bournemouth two years ago. He demonstrates the chilling suicide methods, including a helium-filled exit bag, which is placed over the head, Mexican drugs, morphine, and do-it-yourself peaceful pills, it says. And then he's written a book, too, detailing eight ways in which terminally ill people can kill themselves, including using veterinary drugs. Well, I guess it comes down to we're all animals, eh? According to these guys. But believe you me, this big money and big powerful people behind this character and the other characters they put out there because I'm not kidding about it. You can train society. I've observed this my whole life long. You can train them to accept anything. You can. You can train them. If you do it in a proper scientific way of indoctrination, you can train them to do anything. And they don't want to have to pay out pensions. It's an awful nuisance when governments spend the money that's sent in as, as soon as it comes in. On their other big important projects like stealing land and oil and resources from other countries. Stuff like that. That's where your cash goes. I'll also put it up tonight too, because we know that darn well they've been uh, playing with the atmosphere for many years now to do with weather warfare purposes. It is documentable. And we know the HARP Treaty, the H-A-A-R-P, uh, was signed years ago. They, they, they keep signing updates to it every other year with the United Nations. However, the countries are involved are allowed to uh, use these techniques of superheating the atmosphere, even punching holes in the atmosphere, uh, as long as they don't harm their own people. That's what they say, but they do it anyway. Geometric modulation, a more effective method of steerable ELF and VLF wave generation with continuous HF heating over the lower ionosphere by M.B. Cohen. Uh, and it gives a list of all the people who put in this particular uh, academic paper. And it's interesting, too, uh, that uh, Stanford University have a, are, are into this big time. They have a world array of modulators across the planet. They pulled off their map just the other day that listed them all. You could even scroll over the little sites they had across the world. It would give you the names and phone numbers of the guys running them. But they pulled that off when people got wind of it. Luckily, I've got a copy here. And uh, they're using this, these an array-type um, modulators uh, of even low frequency. You don't need high frequency. Low frequency, by the way, is the way you, mo- you also uh, alter people's moods and behavior because our cells work on very low frequency. You don't need much to make it all placid, happy, or just simply dazed or dozy. Very simple stuff. As Brzezinski talked about in the 1970s, they'd use over entire continents. Well, guess what? They're actually at it, folks. Now, we also know that this gimmick called the Internet, that, that again Brzezinski talked about in the 70s, was part of the military-industrial complex. At that time, they used it between all the military establishments during the Cold War. Uh, they decided to give it to the general public. They had said at the time, too, that they could overload it with data. They'd also have many fronts there to make sure lots of data. Irrelevant trivia was introduced to literally fragment your brain, you might say, with irrelevant uh, little stories and quips and so on. 
and that has certainly happened. We also saw, saw uh, the, the mainstream uh, news media coming into it big time until they've pretty well taken it over. We know as well that uh, internet taxation is coming in for internet sites, and uh, that's also when we try to eliminate uh, sites they don't want uh, up there, obviously a price of existence. But anyway, internet sales tax to be introduced in the U.S. Senate. That was April 17th. It says Dick Turbin uh, could propose sweeping legislation as Dick Turpin. That's, oh, it's D- Durbin. That's right, Turpin. He was a highway robber, like guys maybe descending from him. Sweeping legislation as soon as Monday to, be, to tax all online purchases in a move aimed at closing states' budget shortfalls. Such a tax would plow more than $1 billion in tax revenues into New York State coffers for the 2012 budget, according to some estimates. But it always disappears from those budgets, doesn't it? Never goes back to the people. William Fox, a University of Tennessee economics professor, said that based on his own estimates, New York lost about $865.5 million in tax revenues in 2010. Almost enough to close that year's $1 billion budget deficit. Well, I don't care if you, if you triple that, quadruple it. They're always going to claim they've got a deficit, you see, based on its 4% tax rate. Anyway, that's coming in. And licensing, too, as I say, for licensing with IDs. You've got to have IDs shortly to be able to get on the Internet. Uh, brave new world. Get them on it. Get a good mousetrap. Everybody gets into it. And then you, you come out with its real purpose, because its real purpose is also to make sure that you read nothing but standard media. The standard media is totally controlled by a couple of people across the planet. AP and Reuters are one corporation. Reuters is owned by the Rothschild. Reuters bought over A&P. So uh, basically you get all your news from the same bankers who have the whole world by the short and curlies. That's where you're so-called news is coming from. That's what it is, where they decide what kind of news is you're going to read, what kind of trivia you're going to, or what kind of spin you're going to come away with and believe. Also, in North Queensland, you had, uh, aftershocks. This is Shake North Queensland. That was yesterday. It says several shocks, uh, aftershocks have been felt by residents in parts of North Queensland following 5.2 magnitude earthquake. The quake, one of the largest to hit this state in many years, was recorded 60 kilometers west of Bowen just after 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, the rumblings were felt in several towns throughout the region, but police say there are no reports of damage or injuries. It's quite interesting because that's going to take forever to settle down all, uh, you know, like the air settles and the cross settles and so on. It's kind of like having these little wafer biscuits all piled on top of each other, overlapping each other. When one main one goes, they take forever as they all resettle themselves again. And anything, believe you me, can happen in the meantime. And I've always known that would eventually not only put food out of sight under austerity programs to get you all to be good, obedient slaves, terrified slaves, but also they're going to tax the food now as well. And where else did they start all this stuff? But the, the flagship, the Britain, of course, is the flagship for all these worldwide austerity measures. They show the way with all to copy, you see. And it says, the threat of a double tax rate on millions of Britons by the European Union caused an uproar last night. Business leaders condemned moves by Brussels to seize control of VAT, that's value-added tax, on thousands of everyday items. When they brought value-added tax in, 
And by the way, every country that goes into this world system or into a trading block has to introduce it under one name or another. In Canada, it's called the GST. In Britain and in Europe, it's called the VAT. It's the same thing. And um, initially, when they introduced it in, in Britain and elsewhere, they said it was going to be a luxury tax on things you didn't really need, like binoculars and so on. And within about a year, they started tacking it on everything, other purchase you were making. Anyway, they said it could send prices soaring and even allow the EU to decide where to slap value-added tax on essential foods and children's clothes. In a second money-grabbing proposal, the European Commission, which is the new Soviet, by the way, yesterday announced plans to overhaul green fuel tax. I wouldn't want green fuel. Would you, you want green fuel? I don't think you're... Your, your, your car would work very well on it. Anyway, which could mean a new 8% duty on diesel, which means if they put that on diesel, everything that's transported by train or, or tractor trailer uh, is going to go up in price too. The Daily Express is campaigning to free Britain from EU rule and 373,000 readers backed a petition delivered to Downing Street on the issue. The reason they call it Downing Street is everything you put in there as a petition ends up going down into the basket. There was outrage last night as a waste paper basket at the latest EU bid to squeeze more cash from the British taxpayers. Tory MP Douglas Carswell said, let's hope that Chancellor George Osborne is a bit more vigorous in stopping this initiative than he was when allowing the UK to join the EU, EU bailouts. Well, of course they're not, because he's, he's their boy. That's why he's in that position in the first place. And... Uh, I'll put up tonight too uh, a, a YouTube video on how the war lobby won $700 billion in budget boosts and they're asking actually for more as the U.S. literally, literally. Um, if you put all the dollars together that the U.S. owes uh, and put it in a line like a string, uh, you'd, you'd be out into the far reaches of the galaxy and back again, probably looping around a few times and you're supposed to pay compound interest and all this stuff too. It's just astonishing. It really is. Simple trick started long ago, compound interest and, and private borrowing. And, of course, they always talk about balancing the budget. Well, what they mean is balancing the interest payments. That's all they pay on it. They can't afford anything else. It's the interest payments on the budget. Every country is the same, by the way. Yeah, it says the U.S. budget may include $38 billion of spending cuts but there will be a financial boost for the military. This year's plan of military spending is $700 billion, while other areas include healthcare, education, and infrastructure on the chopping block. The decision came after a long struggle between lawmakers and the Pentagon, saying military cuts will threaten national security. <laughs> Journalist Chris Hedges says the decision was made under severe pressure from some lobbying circles. Hmm? What lobbying circles would that be, eh? Well, you know who the military-industrial boys are. Yeah. And the World Bank. The World Bank, as I say, is not, not your friend, believe you me. It was set up again uh, as, as the big con to make you think it's an official real-world bank. It's simply the meeting place for the 12 big banking families uh, that lend out to countries and own the, the, literally the banking system of the planet. They go back to the days of Vienna, in fact, and then to, to Frankfurt. Anyway, it says, one shock away from crisis. This is from their own web article here. The president of the World Bank has warned the world is in a one shock away from a full-blown crisis. 
by his brightest guy. Robert Zolik cited rising food prices as the main threat to poor nations who risk losing a generation. It's also because he and his boys, you see, have uh, financed and encouraged through the IMF these poor nations take on all the GM food, the intensive farming which destroys their, their, their land as well, and actually poisons it with all the Monsanto pesticides that they have to put on it too. Look at the state of India, and I've read these articles before from India, what's happened there with the state of their soil. Anyway, the only interesting part down here is that um, he mentions that there's a, a generation, basically, uh, who will be without work. Margaret Thatcher was the first one to mention that. that she's, when she came on uh, national television back in the 80s and says, there's a generation who will never see work in their lifetime, so get used to it. Then you doff your hat and, you know, bow, I suppose. But anyway, he's basically saying the same thing uh, in this article here. A, a lost generation who literally will have no, pretty well no future. Why did he know that? Because he and his buddies planned it that way. That's why. Uh, he knows it. And then two, one of the symptoms of those who are brain dead, and I mean that literally, there's people who are brain dead out there, they're the perfectly conditioned. They are the, I mean, you can be brain dead and, and become alive again if you really wanted to. It is a decision that you make. But it's this article here showing you, it doesn't matter of all the goodies and toys they give you, it's not for your benefit, it's to monitor you, find out how you tick, how you think, the Pentagon has a twin you in a virtual reality. I've told you that before. I read the article from the Pentagon where they take their daily updates and information on you, add it to the little avatar, and uh, they can predict everything that you're going to do. Snooping, it says, it's not just a crime, it's a feature. Uh, new applications hijack the microphone and your cell phone to listen in on your life. It's their policy, you see. Everything's policy. You don't need laws now, just policies. Cell phone users say they want more privacy, and app makers are listening. No, they're not listening to your request. They're literally listening to the sounds in your office, kitchen, and living room and bedroom. A new class of smartphone apps have emerged that uses the microphone built into your phone as a covert listening device, a bug in common parlance. But according to app makers, it's not a bug. It's a feature. It's a feature. The apps use ambient sounds to figure out what you're paying attention to. It's the next best thing to reading your mind. Your phone is listening. This year was brought to the world's attention recently on a podcast called This Week in Tech. Host Leo Laporte and his panel shot listeners by unmasking three popular apps that activate your phone's microphone to collect sound patterns from inside your home, meeting office, or wherever you are. Now, that includes what you're talking about, folks. The apps are called Color, Shopkick, and Into Now, all of which activate the microphones in users' iPhone or Android devices in order to gather contextual information that provides some benefit to the user. That's just what they always tell you. It's going to benefit the user. We're helping you. A color uses your iPhone's or Android's phone microphone to detect when people are in the same room. The data on ambient noise is combined with color and lighting information from the camera to figure out who's inside, who's outside, and who's in one room, and who's in another so that can auto-generate spontaneous temporary social networks of people who are sharing the same experience. I guess that means orgies. Back with more after this break.
Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and we'll go to the callers now, and there's Kathy from New York. Are you there, Kathy? Yes. Yes. Hello? Go ahead. I'm sorry to be so off topic. I was calling about the recent cancellation of all the soap operas, and I wondered if anything was in the agenda with them doing this. Um, I can't see it, to be honest with you. I mean, soaps will go on for forever. Um, uh, you, you don't even need soaps anymore. You just watch the average movie, and you've got everything in it, you know. And uh, the, the, every everything is based on formula in writing novels or movies. The, there's only a handful of formulas that you use. And um, uh, you'll see the same formulas now used in all of the movies, regardless if it's a soap even or, or, or a particular movie. And basically the end thing is, are they going to end up in the sack or not? I mean, it's as simple as that. <laughs> That's all there is to it. But I can't oh, see okay. them. I can't see them stopping it. Yeah, yeah. I thought they wanted more talk shows so they could give us, control the talk shows and control the content and script yeah. what's said and what's told to us. Oh, they'll do that too. As, as long as they can get a, a viewing audience there and they throw something out that grabs you, it's, it's one of these ooh-ah type things, topics, uh, people will, will tune in like in, in droves just to, to hear the, the, the nitty-gritty stuff and, and Lady Gaga killing her cat and using the blood for coloring her clothes and ooh-ah and all that nonsense. You know, That's how the public are, unfortunately. But the, this this... Populate. These are the ones who are already perfectly conditioned, and they're all, all they're doing is updating them into the next stage of debauchery. <laughs> sure, sure. That's all it is. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, there's Daniel from the UK. Are you there, Danny? Um, did you did you read the article on Sunday in the Guardian about the uh, Terminators, the drones, um, the uh, Ministry of Defence review on the drones? Yes, uh-huh, yeah. You, you did say it? Yeah, I, I did. I, I read an article about it, and at least, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, well, um, another thing I just want to ask you quickly was, um, I read about the Rothschilds buying vast swathes of India. Yes, for, for two years they, they've been doing that, and I did a, a whole talk on it one day, um, a couple of years back there, uh, as Evan de Rothschild was buying up massive chunks of India after they'd bankrupted the farmers, by the way, by calling in their loans, and thousands of them committed suicide. So he's buying them up for peanuts. It was an incredible strategy, which he's used before. And then he was coming in with the, the big uh, GM manufacturers and the, the poisoned whole areas there. It's, it, there's been documentaries out in mainstream even on the incredible seepage into the water supply uh, going on for miles around these particular fields and so on and how it's affecting the, the health of the population. And they're making massive grabs too in Brazil because that's going to be, again, where, where the meat, which the elite will eat, uh, will come from in the future and in Chile as well, yeah. yeah. But is this part of the um, Bertrand Russell's outlook on society, scientific outlook or whatever it was to control the food supply over Absolutely. here and put Absolutely. all our farmers out of business, yeah? Oh, absolutely. The United Nations stated in their charter uh, back in the 40s, uh, 48, I think it was, uh, that uh, for the Department of Agriculture at the UN, they said that food was too important to be left to farmers and it would be, it would be used and controlled as a weapon as it had been in previous ages. Food has always been used as a weapon and that, that eventually all foods will be dished out, just like you're drawing rights for cash from the, money, the, the, from the World Bank. 
uh, said all foods will be doled out to each region of the world via the United Nations in order to keep your populations down. You have to find a way to bring it down because your rations will not go up. Guess what? The rations will decrease each time too. It's all control. Absolutely. You're right on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks for calling. Also, too, of course, Rothschilds get massive grants and funding from various world bodies uh, because they're, they're helping to bring India up to a first world country. So it doesn't cost them much at all. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.